Welcome to the Demand Gen Club podcast, the first podcast exclusively dedicated to B2B demand generation secrets and best practices as shared by some of the top leaders in the industry. This podcast is brought to you by SASMQL, the account-based marketing agency based in Redwood City, California. They help venture-funded SaaS companies scale demand generation from target accounts. By combining intent data, automation, and a proven methodology, SASMQL can help your startup generate millions of dollars in sales opportunities within a few months. To learn more, go to sasmql.com. Welcome to a new episode of the Demand Gen Club podcast. I'm your host, Franco Caporale. Our guest on the show today is Priyank Savla, Senior Director of Global Demand Generation at NetBrain. NetBrain is the leader in transforming network operations through automation. Today, more than 2,300 of the world's largest enterprises and managed service providers use NetBrain to automate network documentation, accelerate troubleshooting, and strengthen network security. During his seven-plus years at NetBrain, Priyank was able to grow site traffic by 30x, built a community of over 100,000 engineers, and contributed to a 7.5x revenue growth for the company. So with that, I'm very excited to welcome Priyank Savla, Senior Director of Global Demand Generation and NetBrain. Priyank, it's absolutely fantastic to have you on the show today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. I'm, I'm glad to be here. So I, I would love to begin with uh, a little bit about your background and how did you end up being the Senior Director of Global Demand Generation at NetBrain? Yeah, so NetBrain was my second role out of grad school. I went to uh, WPI for my MBA in technology marketing, and I was working as an e-commerce manager back in the day uh, for a manufacturing company where we sold a lot of their products online and on Amazon.com. So I was mostly in, in a role where I had no sales. It's basically you have content, you run your campaigns, and you see dollars, easy life, and I met with the CEO of NetBrain, LinkedIn Gao, uh, who was a really inspiring person. And I could see he had a brilliant product and a huge enough market to cover. And I thought that would be a great opportunity for the next challenge. So I started working at NetBrain. You know, I was probably the second real marketing hire. We had like no budget, nothing. Basically started off with a semi-content creator, a semi-web developer, and semi-BDR. So uh, started doing a lot of grassroots marketing for NetBrain, and you know, seven years later, find myself running a a, a decent sized dimension org with a seven figure budget. That's pretty awesome. So, how how big is the company today? Uh, we are I'd say about uh, 350 employees, and uh, we we raised uh, venture capital in 2014, and since then, the company has been doing really well. We are fortunate to not have to go through. Lots of rounds of capital. And so what's your team like today? Uh, you started with just you, basically, you were the first marketing hire. And how many people are in your team today and what kind of roles? Yeah, I have uh, nine people uh, reporting on my team today. We have three people in EMEA for field marketing. We have a senior content marketing manager, senior web marketing manager. I have my designer who also doubles as my uh, paid social manager because paid social is so visual. So, um, so, so I think I have my designer who helps out with that. And then I have our data scientist, you know, who basically handles our tech stack attribution and that kind of stuff. 
And we have a couple of these people who have direct reports, who are interns, video producers, uh, web developers, etc. More production roles. Perfect. So tell tell me a little bit about your your tech stack. This is something I always ask to every guest. I like to know what software are you guys using and how how are they set up. Yeah. So our tech stack is pretty standard. We have Salesforce, Marketo as our core sales and marketing platforms. Uh, we use Visible for marketing attribution, Drift customers as everyone else is today. Besides that, we use, we've tried a bunch of different ABM solutions. Uh, started with Demandase, you know, Hop to Triblio, recently introduced in Flute 2, and that, that has been really nice. Uh, other tools for just data like Zoom Info and tools in those categories. Does your sales team use any for anything for sales automation like outreach or uh, persist IQ? Not or at this business? time. Actually, the, the reason why we don't have any of that is uh, we don't really have BDR teams. So it's marketing and we have our enterprise sales reps. And there have been periods when marketing had a couple of BDRs reporting into them and we were very close to uh, buying outreach. But then there were some changes and we decided to go against that approach and we are trying to automate as much as possible with stuff like Drift and Conversica and those kind of solutions. So is your uh, main strategy for uh, demand generation focus on like inbound and content and then qualifying them and passing to sales or are you more uh, an account-based marketing focused company? I think we are inbound moving towards account-based. And so t- tell me a little more from like this transition you're trying to make for uh, account-based marketing. W- what kind of initiative have you implemented so far? Yeah, so so far, I would say it really depends on sales buying, right? That's at the center of it. And there are teams that are sales teams that are more progressive who want to take that approach. And there are ones that are slightly more resistive and they like leads. So we are trying to cater to both of them and, and hoping to transition. So account-based marketing, a key struggle over there is to have a coordinated system, right? Like you can run account-based marketing. When I speak with most people, it's really just a form of account-targeted advertising. At least that is how most people are using it. Now, that's not really effective. You need much deeper programs. So what we've tried in past is marketing running uh, targeted ads on certain accounts and, and sales making outreach within those accounts at the same time. Uh, we received moderate amount of success. Um, I, I won't say the success we received in pipeline was dramatically higher than the inbound model, but recently we are seeing more promise with Influ2. Influ2 is an account-based advertising platform. It's not a, exactly account-based, it's person-based, but they can help you advertise to specific people And in Salesforce, you can see specific dashboards around a certain individual, how many impressions have they had on the site, how many visits have they had on their site. And using that, if we are able to get our reps to reach out within, again, a nice targeted follow-up, marketing pretty much writes all their emails and everything for them. If we do that, we are seeing a decent enough um, meeting rate. And we are, again, very new to Influtu, so this is past two months, but we are seeing close to three to 4% of our traffic booking meetings with sales if sales performs targeted outreach fairly quickly. So we are trying to grow our success over there. And at some point we might 
get to a point where we are able to make that switch. Another barrier besides sales culture around like what they are used to and them needing them wanting leads is that account-based marketing doesn't have scale today. When I try to advertise using uh, vendors like Demandbase, Triblio, Influtu, I'm just not able to use the budget I allocate for ABM just because they are still trying to figure out how to map their data, you know, uh, how, how to map their data efficiently in a way where they have enough advertising inventory. So I think that's, that's another issue. I've seen other interesting concepts around direct mail. And yeah, there are a few other ideas that we want to explore, but this is pretty much what we've done so far. Yeah, I had a, I had a similar experience with uh, like demand-based terminals, especially you know, a couple of years ago when I don't know if now they built more data, but sometimes you weren't able to spend all the budget allocated just because there was enough cookies matching the accounts that we selected. And it's probably getting worse uh, during COVID because I know demand base specifically relied heavily, heavily on IP data and less on cookie data. So I think they, these guys still have a long road ahead, but I still think there are interesting applications for NetBrain because, you know, a huge chunk of our revenue, majority of our, of our revenue comes from the top 10 deals of the year. So because we play in an enterprise space, uh, we can still afford to not have that scale and, you know, persist with our investments and effort. So what, what are your top lead sources today? Since account-based marketing, you're still experimenting. What, what, what do you rely on? Uh, I would say my top source will still be Google. So organic search? Organic and paid, both. If I had to talk about our top pipeline source and maybe not lead count source, dollar value, it has to be organic. And, and it's natural. I, I still think you have to take that with grain of salt. Just because it's organic doesn't mean it's exactly organic. It just means that you don't know what were the previous touches that happened before, right? So that happens very often. I would say our second source would be paid search. Third would be paid social. Fourth, trade shows. So yeah, for new leads and pipeline, our current state is still heavily geared towards uh, the traditional inbound type model. And so when you look at the attribution, because you mentioned now that you might have some challenges understanding if it's actually organic or it might come from different sources. You mentioned you use Visible. How do you look at attribution today? Are you looking more at the first touch, last touch, multi-touch, or different models? Uh, we are looking at the W-shape model. W-shape. Okay, so you you look at the first anonymous touch and then the, when it becomes a lead and then opportunity? Correct. So we do 30, 30, 30% attribution for such lead creation and opportunity creation and then split 10% across all other touches. So you're not interested. Once a lead becomes an opportunity, you, your job is done from, from a marketing perspective. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the most part, I think once it's an opportunity, our job is done. And again, this is just a model that helps us understand what messages and campaigns and channels are uh, more persuasive at people starting to evaluate NetBrain. And we are a complex enterprise software, so a lot of different things can go south after that point. You know, there might not be vendor compatibility and there might not be tech compa uh, compatibility between what NetBrain does and customer wants. And, but that's not 
that's not to say that what happened before didn't work, right? So, so I think that is our baseline. However, uh, we usually take our attribution out of Visible, put it on spreadsheets, and we review all deals over over one hundred thousand dollars manually, and we readjust the attribution, and then that. That, that ROI analysis is what gets presented to board and CEO. So you move the data into Excel spreadsheet to aggregate. Yeah, because, because even visible can't be accurate, right? Like the best way to do ROI analysis and attribution is to actually open that account and open that opportunity in Salesforce and just go, go through timeline of events, right? You know, sometimes genuinely salespeople are already in contact with someone before they engage in marketing, you know, campaigns. So it's unfair for marketing to get that credit. And there are times when it's very clear that, you know, sales uh, our reps just downloaded that name from a database like Zoom Info, and then they perform a marketing act- activity. And I think although it shows like sales generated lead, it's clearly marketing generated because there was no there was no communication happening from sales side so i think uh, we believe it's worth the effort uh, to do that for deal sizes that are six figure and higher it doesn't take that long you know it, it just gives us a more real view into how we are doing so what do you think are some of the biggest challenges today for a startup in particular to track this attribution and become better at performing this analysis especially for those that have medium long sales cycle yeah i think the challenges for most companies would stay the same people are using a lot of different devices people are using a lot of different lot of different browsers people are using incognito uh, browsers it's it's hard to be 100% over here unless you are someone like amazon where people live in your app and you know pretty much all their touch points can be measured and i think measuring touch points is easy but grouping them to an identity is not that easy so that remains to be the biggest challenge but i've had honest conversation with my ceo saying that there is no possible way to you know to completely attribute a marketing impact so you need to you know you need to put in some time and do manual review of deals and sales force and like talk to customers actually ask them questions where did they hear about how did they find out about you what motivated them to start an evaluation and stuff like that you learn from there so so i think it's a hybrid approach do enough to get clarity but don't go so crazy where it just becomes a full time job and how much of this process depends on the sales team taking actions like i don't know tracking the contacts correctly in salesforce or flagging them adding campaigns or doing any manual activity i think that's important right so there are two schools of thoughts over here some companies don't try to divide attribution between marketing and sales all pipeline is creating you can operate under the assumption that all pipeline is created by both marketing and sales in in that model there isn't a whole lot of disagreement then you are just finding which marketing campaigns touched or created more pipeline relatively and then there is um a school of thought where how much pipeline did sales create versus marketing created pipeline and i think that is where it gets more complex so if sales you know does not follow um you know 
different data hygiene rules in place, it might just get hard. Uh, if they don't, if they don't put in their activity, they might not get enough attribution. They just download tons and tons of leads from contact databases in their Salesforce. It will be hard for marketing to generate any new lead, right? So because everyone exists in the database already, and so all the touch points that happen can only be opportunity creation touch points. So there are semantics and technical challenges, and yeah, it's important. And I don't think we've like uh, really figured that out because in the end, you know, we want sales to focus on selling. We try to remind them of what we expect them to do, and you know, the more we remind them, it gets better. But I don't think we are being very strict about it at NetBrain. And from your end, what are the the metrics that you report to your CEO or, or to the executive team? What are and what are the metrics that you measure and monitor on a weekly or monthly basis? Yeah, so we uh, report on two core metrics every week, uh, which would be a number of activities uh, grouped by different types, like you know low 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 touch activities, something like a white paper download, like kind of sales ready activities like requesting a demo or quote so we show a table of all different types of activities performed and we show a pipeline created on any given week do you also track revenue or just the pipe the qualified pipeline we we do that uh, once a quarter okay once a quarter because we have a because we have manual review of 100k plus deals because that adjusts our visible generated attribution. So we make adjustments to that upon manual review of 100K plus, plus deals. So we can only do that once a quarter. So we do that quarterly. Perfect. And so I want to kind of shift gear a little bit and start talking campaigns. So from the metrics to the campaigns, what is an example of a really successful campaign that you set up that worked, worked really well? And also, I would like an example of a campaign that did not work well, an experiment or a test that you run. And it can be a net brain or in a previous role as well. Yeah. So the most successful campaign that I've ever run was a campaign. It's, it's a technical industry kind of message around uh, dynamic network mapping. So NetBrain uh, has a product that's more innovative and more capable than our peers. Uh, and this was a few years ago, and we figured out like the perfect way to describe it. And it was just a standard campaign. We ran Google ads, LinkedIn ads, and it had a beautiful landing page that exactly explained what dynamic mapping meant. And it really resonated uh, because you know we had excellent product market fit. Uh, the, the demand was strong, and that was super successful. But it's not so much about any like dimension tactics it's more i think i would attribute success to message more than anything and what was your uh, success metrics there were you tracking like you know number of meetings was it just an awareness what were you looking for back then meetings and pipeline meetings and pipeline cool and so on the other end what's the example of a test that you run it could be like a new channel that you experimented with or something new that didn't work out that you don't want to try again Content syndication always fails. <laughs> uh, I think that I, that that has never succeeded. But yeah, I just think like there is. I don't know. I don't know. Have you like had issues with content syndication? I did with the generic ones, like you know those platforms that offer 
to syndicate your content across multiple channels and then send your list of leads. Those one yeah, I always, in Excel, yeah. In Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, those one I, I, I always wonder, fail. <laughs> I wonder if those people actually perform those activities or if it's like just a just a scam of some sort because every time I get those, you know, the only way the only way it succeeds is sales does nothing with them. If they follow up at some point, you know, they will hear back from someone that, you know, they, they never downloaded that asset or anything. So so I, I, I've got a lot of those even from reputed trade publications to a degree that I've like just lost confidence in it. And luckily I didn't burn uh, too much before I found out that content syndication is just so hard to get any value out of. Yeah. So I had a similar experience where I get all this list of leads and we follow up and they say, no, I never downloaded any content or anything similar. And it's so common response that you start to believe that might be true. But on the other hand, I had some success with a specific publication when I was working on within a niche, like in the hotel space or in the mobile space. Those were actually good, but because we were driving traffic to our landing page. So that's the key because now you have a proof that it, that, that, that content was actually accepted or requested by, by whoever you were targeting. I think the spreadsheet ones, I recommend everyone to stay away from them. Uh, Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that. And so Priyank, I have one last question before we close this. You know, you mentioned at the beginning that you started your role at NetBrain with basically no budget, and now you have a seven-figure budget. What can you share as a tip for us if a company doesn't have a lot of budget? How can we generate lead on a very, very tiny amount on a very small marketing budget? I think it's really not that hard. If you immerse yourself in your community, you can like just meet people and you can, you know, literally generate your own leads. I participated in a lot of LinkedIn groups, Facebook groups, uh, without any incentive. I offered to uh, co-admin a lot of network engineering groups on LinkedIn and Facebook, help, you know, moderate that stuff on those groups. And again, like I can't show that to my CEO and be like, you know, I accomplished this because I'm serving other people. But by doing that, I, I built really strong relationships and, I just had people promoting me and NetBrain, my company, because I was helping them. I started working with our customers. I think uh, building, building a referral, a referral marketing again, super underappreciated. I think that's that's important. It's almost criminal to spend a dollar of your budget until you maximize on these things. Until you maximize on forums, I will like hear this all the time. Marketers would say that we they don't have budget and. If you look up their company, there are unanswered questions about their products and services on the internet. So I think like you should almost like make budgets slightly less significant in your game plan overall. And and automatically like you will just see that there are so many visible options. Yeah, that's an awesome tip. I see a lot of those on Quora as well. People that ask questions about a specific product and zero answer. Yeah. You have a lead sitting there. Right. And, and there are no answers. And then like that same company will be spent spending thousands and thousands of dollars on like close to zero click through rate advertising on the internet. So I think it's just easy workflows. People get very used to it. Same reason why people are spending so much on trade shows and 
list purchases and those things still exist, right? Uh, trade shows, I think, serve a purpose, but list purchases and all of that, it still, it still exists. There are still people buying leads on content syndication. So I think a lot of, lot of that is more habit-based, but if you immerse yourself in your industry and you talk to people, and, and you actually network and get to know, I think you will just automatically see there are so many opportunities. SEO is huge again, but I, but just saying like there are, if you really try, I think there are so many options. I can't even go on listing all of them. Awesome. Priyank, it was really great having you as a guest on the episode today. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks again for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. It was a pleasure being here.